I love to, to, to you know to take uh, things apart like a, like a like a broken television set <laughs> and build something out of out of it um, that, so I was always I, I like to call it I, I was always a creator I will always always love to invent things welcome to 20 minute leaders just sit back relax and learn from the leaders of today it's a journey each one is different unique inspiring let's get started this episode is powered by J ventures a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Lomitech and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. I'm joined today by Aviv Shapira, the co-founder and CEO of Extend. Aviv is an aerospace engineer and holds two Emmy Awards for the best broadcasting technology of 2013 and 2015. He co-founded Replay Technologies, which invented a new volumetric video format that has been used at major sports events around the world. After winning two Emmy Awards, Replay was acquired by Intel in 2016. Today, he is the CEO of Extend in the field of extended reality, which aims to give people the ability to fly through an immersive experience using VR and drones. Aviv Shapira, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders from Extend. How are you? I'm doing great. What's up? Thank you so much for being here. You're working on some of the most cool, uh, some of the coolest technologies there are looking at the extended ability of humans to do things that we weren't, we weren't able to do before. Your entrepreneurial experience began from the age of 10 where you were running different businesses. You managed along the way to sell your company replay to Intel, won, I believe, two Emmy Awards. You broke a satellite and now you're continuing to work on some pretty crazy technologies. So thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. Uh, did I capture just a little bit of what you've done? Yeah, as, as you mentioned, life is not boring at all. It's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Trying now, to keep it real. Before yeah. we go back your journey, and I want to hear all about breaking satellites and being a 10-year-old entrepreneur, Extend, give me a few words about Extend and how you're looking at the extended and the extensive reality that, we're, that we might be living in in the future. So basically, uh, as we see the future with everything going on with COVID and everything or going on with the internet, you know, the, the whole world getting smaller and more accessible, uh, we think that uh, um, uh, that humans will be able in the future to actually interact with remote realities uh, with a machine. So you don't have to go anywhere physically, you can do things remotely. And what Extend is trying to do is actually create that, that uh, interface between humans and machine, act actually allowing us as humans to interact in the most immersive way possible in, in real time uh, with... Endless uh, um, applications, uh, um, you know, for endless markets from remote. It's from security, allowing basically security personnel to do things from remote, uh, virtual sightseeing, virtual gaming, um, basically anything that you that you can do from from your sofa, from your home. We're going to allow you to do that uh, uh, in the most effective way possible. It reminds me a little bit of the Wally -E movie, where you have people just <laughs> sitting back and just enjoying the world. But 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 it was a pretty bad depiction of where humanity can go. Paint me a picture of where humanity can go with these sorts of technologies and experiencing. What what is made possible that will benefit humanity and society that is not made possible today with our limitations of just being human? 
I mean, the first thing that we're trying to do is actually make an impact. So why risk yourself as a police officer or as a fireman going into a burning building yourself yeah. with, a, with a suit if you can do it from remote? Uh, you, you know, you sit, you're sitting in, in your truck, you put VR on your head and you're flying into a burning building. You know, you're finding survivors, you're, you're giving them a bottle of water, you try to extinguish the, the, the fire itself and everything is done. Uh, using our technology, so man-machine interface. Um, that's that's the core. I mean, you know, ab- above that, yeah, you can have fun. You can you can go and see the safari in in South Africa. You can go and and see uh, waves in Puerto Rico. Uh, but the core of the technology actually allows you to interact uh, with a remote machine and actually make you feel like you're, you're like you're there. Incredible, incredible. And obviously, you know, there's dozens of applications, whether it be life-saving applications, experiential applications. But I want you to take me back to 10 years old entrepreneurial experience. And what I'd love to understand from these different experiences that you've had, what what are you drawing to today's to, to your work today, whether it be, you know, from the different ventures you've built to replay to breaking a satellite? Uh you're asking what's 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 the what's in the middle? What makes it, it all happen? What's the core? Well, I want to uh, hear. I want to hear a little bit about your journey, and then yeah. from those experiences, from each of those experiences, what what is the big lesson or the key takeaway that you've taken with you that you're bringing now to extend? I would say that uh, first of all, uh, obviously, like everything else, you learn from from each day that you pass. I mean, from every experiences, from every company you build, from every failure that you have, you're, you're learning from it, and you're and you're running forward with a backpack filled with new types of tool sets and experiences. Um, uh, you know, specifically for me, um, you know, the, the whole, you know, the whole, the whole story of of my first business at the age of ten. Uh, I guess it's it's something in it's it's something in my in my head, right? I, I was I was born that way. I have to uh, create. I have to build something all the time. You know, I can't just stand in place. Um, and th- and that kind of drives me, you know. Even even today, we're we're not a small company anymore. Extend is already fifty people, sixty people. We always have to create. We always have to uh, be be in front of everyone else, trying to innovate. Um, you know, just trying to be the best as we can in everything that we do. And so, what what were some of those businesses at ten years old that you started? So uh, my my first business, at least the first one that I remember, or the one that my parents remember, is uh, so my parents bought me a parakeet at the age of ten. I was living in a town called Rishon Lezion, and I I didn't really know what to do with that. It's a bird inside a cage. It doesn't make any sense. It's it's you know it's useless. <laughs> so what I did is I bought another one and I started to replicate them. Uh, once I had like fifty or sixty or a hundred, I started I started to sell them all over Israel. I remember Saturdays my mother was taking me with a big cage inside the car, basically selling birds, birds or or across Rishon and Siona and Tel Aviv, and I was making quite a lot of money that that age. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very cool. And and take me to when you were when you broke a satellite. Well, how does that? How does one get get the opportunity to actually do that? It wasn't on purpose. Uh, and I'm really sorry it happened, but uh, <laughs> so you know something that that happens happens in the uh, in the Israeli Defense Forces that you get a lot of, a lot of responsibility uh, at a very young age. So I was uh, I was an aerospace engineer at the age of uh, uh, 22, 23. I had the opportunity of uh, leading a, a satellite launch into space. Um, you know, Israel Israel is a very unique country. It's the only country in the world that actually sends a satellite into space in the opposite direction of the Earth. 
It's crazy. I mean, the Earth spins one way, and we don't use its its rotation. We we send the satellite the other way, just because we don't want to send satellites over Iraq and Iran. So we send it towards wow. t- towards the west, towards Europe, right? I had no and idea. What? Yeah, we're crazy that way, I guess. And and what happened yeah. is that. Uh, um, you know, the, the booster that sends the satellites into space has three phases. The third phase failed, and actually that satellite crashed somewhere near, near Europe, near Italy. Um, I, was, I was the satellite launch manager, so imagine like this NASA environment, you know, with like 200 people. You have to say, uh, um, you know, you have to you have to push the red button and say, uh, you know, destroy. So that was wow. a very, I have a lot of scars from that day. I actually... I changed roles, I changed jobs afterwards, but uh, you know, it's it's a life experience, right? Uh, and obviously, it wasn't only, my fault. So, <laughs> I, I can only I can only imagine uh, yeah. what what a, what a life experience this has. Going back to going back to this idea of extended reality, uh, we're we're definitely talking here about something that we don't see in our day to day yet. Uh, we're obviously we're starting to with extend, but this is not something that is that is entirely mainstream. Can you explain to me a little bit the rationale that you entered building this company? Space, you, obviously, yeah. you know, you're coming with with background in a lot of different areas that are relevant to this. But what is sort of the thesis that you're that you're really understanding as you're building this out? So let, let me take you back to to, to the area of uh, 2010. Uh, I was working for a UK company called Thales in the in in a city called called Leicester, two mm-hmm. hours north of London. And one day I was sitting with a friend of mine, a guy called Oren, uh, in a pub. We were drinking beer, obviously, you know, the UK after after a hard hard day mm-hmm. work. And uh, and we saw a game, football game. I don't know Manchester or whatever. We don't we don't remember the teams. And and Oren said to me, uh, wouldn't it be amazing to see the game from the eyes of the goalie. And I told him, let's do it. You know, it sounds like a challenge. No huh. one is doing it. Let's create a technology that allows you to see the game from the eyes of the players players themselves. We took a napkin, we wrote down some ideas, some drone ideas, some some video uh, graphics ideas. Uh, and four year four year later, four years later, uh, we actually uh, uh, broadcasted in the 51st Super Bowl in Santa Clara, uh, the game from the eyes of the quarterback, uh, live during the Super Bowl, um, and we even got an Emmy Award for it. Wow. So that was like a big tick in the box, you know? Like, hey, Oren, remember that day in that pub? Big tick in the box. <laughs> Holy crap. Um, Wait, I have, to, I have to understand a little bit better how does that actually work? What do, what do you so, mean from the eye of the quarterback? So what we did in Replay is we created a technology called volumetric video. We actually allowed, uh, we, we placed static cameras around a venue, and what we did is we actually created reality using uh, 3D video. So all the pixels inside the uh, inside the scene are made from 3D uh, uh, pixels. We call them voxels. <laughs> and think about it like like a, like a big scanner. So you can actually create a camera angle from everywhere in the in the court. Wow! So why not create a camera angle from the eyes of the quarterback? Right. Uh, that was that was the uh, that was the idea. It happened. Uh, we had no idea how to make money out of it. Zero, zero, zero. I mean, how can you make money of, out of show, you know, showing a game from the eyes of, of the quarterback? So we actually became a VR company very early on, um, just because we thought it would be very cool to put VR on your head and fly behind Messi or whatever. Um, and eventually, you know, we, we became the, the one of the best VR companies in, in the world, actually creating content for VR. 
Um, we sold the company to Intel, uh, roughly $200 million in 2016. The company is still wow. running, Intel, Intel Sports. Um, so, you know, this is how we entered, to your question, the world of extended reality. You know, someone puts VR on their head and flies into a venue somewhere in the world. And to that extent, we do something similar. Just the only difference is there is a machine at the end. There is a right. drone, there is a car, there is a boat. You put your VR and you connect to that machine. And you're actually there. You move it very easily. Uh, you hear. Uh, um, you can talk. Um, you can interact with reality. Uh, so it's it's a whole new experience that allows you to do things uh, uh, in a whole new way. Right. Uh, we call it telepresence. Uh, we call it extended reality. We call it a lot in a lot of wor- uh, fancy words. At the end of the day, it's it's a very effective way of. Uh, uh, of doing today for professionals to do very, very, you know, such such things that you wouldn't do, that you wouldn't wouldn't want to do physically. Right. Um, for example, soldiers. For example, a building inspector he has to fly high and go inside a building, and so on. And so obviously, you know, the applications of this are countless. Um, mm-hmm. It raises questions as well, questions that that we all occupy ourselves with. I know that many philosophy classes in academia uh, occupy themselves with that. What, what what are some questions that you're asking yourself as you're building this out? Whether it's a, a morals, ethics, philosophical, h- how, how much does that play out into your planning? Because you are literally pioneering a new way of interacting with the world, which is the integration of humans and machines in the same playground. And it's not that everybody's going to transition to machines together. Some are going to transition earlier than others. Um, so I think today uh, this market, this drone, VR, robotics market is where the computers market was in, in the 70s. Mm. There's no standards. There's no, you know, there's no windows. Everything is DOS-like yeah. um, to those who know what DOS is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and I think that uh, we're actually trying to create a standard. We're trying to build an operating system. It allows uh, uh, operators to actually control remote machines. Uh, we mm-hmm. call it the Extend OS, Extend Operating System. It's built around uh, very sophisticated technology that basically allows you to do basic things like go to a waypoint, land, take off, and so on. But there's an, an additional layer that actually allows to empower the operator. You know, why don't I, uh, um, you know, pick up something? Why don't I fly through a window? A lot of things that you wouldn't be able to do in any other way unless you're a very, very high proficient uh, fly, uh, drone, drone operator. And most people are not. And this is the first barrier of entry for this market. And we actually solved, solved it. So it's, 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 an, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing uh, achievement for us. And, and the problem is right now, how do you focus on the right, on the right place, on the right market? Um, that's I, the I was problem. going to ask that. What, what, what are considerations that come into play as you're deciding which, which segment to actually go and tackle? Some of them are, are more technologically difficult. Some of them are more lucrative in terms of, the, of, of business. Some of them are easier for adoption. How do you decide? Uh, so we, we look at, uh, we look at uh, you know, obviously market size, the time and the sum, uh, but we look very strongly at regulation. This field uh, is very, very uh, limited by regulation. You cannot fly a drone above 250 grams, above people, and so on and so on. Right. So, you know, regulation is a, is a very hard uh, point in, in terms of a barrier for, barrier for entry. Uh, we also look at what in, makes us uh, wake up in the morning, right? You know? Right. So, you know, for example, inspection, boring, right? I mean, 
why are we building a company around inspection, right? <laughs> right. So we're, today we're creating these, uh, you know, it, we call it Skylord. It's 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 the best games in the defense defense market. Think about soldiers with VR. Fly. We fly today at above 150 kilometers per hour in the sky inside wow. buildings. It's crazy. It's uh, it's wow. like a. It's like the the best game you ever played in your life, and we actually Holy use it to crap. save lives. So it's fun. That's incredible. Um, yeah, so it gets us excited. You know, you save human lives. Uh, um, you know, you, you you actually make an impact. Uh, but but you know, what's the next step? What do we do after defense? Do do we do something after defense? Do we build a defense company only? So you know, we we decided very early on that extend is uh, extend is a. Uh, Let's call it a, a, a holding company that has a, a defense company called Skylord and another company called the tele, Telepresence Company. We are trying to kind of juggle a few a few balls in the air. That's that that's really really cool. Now, as you as you're building this company out and you're obviously creating a culture around it and you're working on some really cutting edge technology, what what is the reception of people around you that are actually starting to use these products? Do you find that that it's becoming a second nature to them? Is this something that is easily that is easy to understand and to actually adopt as a part of an operation? Right, because then this is starting to become, you know, a default, I guess, in the mainstream operations that people will be doing, whether it's for for military purposes, for life saving purposes. What what is the adoption like? So I I'm, I'm happy to say that this market is is quite uh, young uh, to begin with. Mm -hmm. uh, so our market education is relatively small. Right. Uh, I can tell you, we had a workshop with uh, with uh, let's call it customers in, in in the U.S. Department of Defense, and mm -hmm. they were like, you know, we're not changing our ways. When we go to a building, there's a certain way we go into a building, right? There's someone right. going in with a gun in front of them, two guys going in the back, and so on. So they were very uh, they were not sure this is gonna change their way of their mode of operation. After two hours, obviously, all of them knew how to fly like experts. It takes about five minutes. And after the workshop, they basically told us there is no way we're doing it differently. I mean, this, this is the only way to go. Uh, it's not only that we save lives, it's much more effective. Um, this drone can recognize, uh, you know, cyber, uh, it, can, it can recognize, um, you know, things in the building with thermal imaging. It, it's, it's, a, it's a, much more, a much more effective way of actually doing things. Very, uh, very so, cool. And obviously, um, if we were to do this episode in, in a year or two, it would look different as it looks different than if we were to do it a year or two before. And, and, I, and I'm just thankful that I got to be, to, to pick your brain in a tiny, tiny place, you know, in, in the middle of this journey that obviously we'll be looking back at this in, 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 a, in like, you know, 10, 15 years. Uh, and whether it's Extend or whether it's other companies, this field is going to be, you know, crazy. And, and obviously this is the future. And, and I'm really excited for where we're headed. And so thank you for taking the time to share this, to share this with me. Uh, I have a few more questions for you, Aviv, and I want to take you back more about your yourself and back to your childhood obviously starting entrepreneurship at 10 years old what, what really fascinated you as a kid as you were going around the world what, what was really sparking your curiosity so i was i was actually i lived in uh in in london in the u.s in israel i, I was actually traveling a lot when i was young and uh, but as as far as i can remember my childhood i was always i, I always loved to build things um, I, I love to, to, you know, to take, uh, things apart, like a, like a, like a broken television set <laughs> and build something out of, out of it. Um, that, so I was always, I, I like to call it, I, I was always a creator. I will always, always, always love to invent things. Um, very, very cool. and, and, you know, to, back in the day I invented things which are more basic, 
And today it's a bit more sof- sophisticated, you know, volumetric video, extended reality. <laughs> and what inspires you today in your day-to-day world, whether it's, you know, the small stuff or whether it's like a bigger idea of where this world is headed? Uh, basically, what inspires me, I would say, the most thing is, is people. Um, I love uh, taking a, a group of people and creating this synergy. So all of, I, had, I had four startups until today. All of them started with people and not with an idea, not with a problem to solve. And these people together, you know, we said, let's do something together. Let's make the world a better place. Let's solve a problem. And I love that. Uh, I, you know, I love the fact that three, four people get together and one year later, they have a company that actually does something and actually mm-hmm. makes an impact. That's, that's yeah. amazing for me. And as you're bringing these people together, are you it, it, intentionally, you're, you're describing a process that you envision, which will be ideating together, trying out things together and deciding on which company to build. And it's a different group every time. Uh, so I was, I was, I'm, I'm working with my brother in the last three companies out of four. Wow. Uh, but, but I always uh, like to, you know, I like to, to work with people I, I love, people I, I get along with, you know, friends. Extend was, was, was started, uh, me and, and a friend, good friend of mine, Adir Tubi. We, we were just friends. We met at a pub. Um, we just said, let's think about something and Extend happen, happened. So I, I love it. Very, very cool. And Aviv, what are three words you would use to describe yourself? Um, so uh, I, w- I would say that uh, I'm a creator, mm-hmm. um, as I mentioned before. Very, very cu- curious. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a curious guy. Um, and the third word, uh, G. Um, I, I, w- I want to say I want to say uh, super. You know, I'm super devoted. I'm a, if 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 I if I Take something. I'm not gonna let it go until it's done. You know. I don't know if, if it's if it's in one word. I'll take it. Passionate. And I'll, I don't know. I think it's even more than passionate. It's a. I, I somebody used a, a word recently. Um, I'll have to think about it and get back to you. But which which described this idea that that you will just won't give up until something until until it happens, and yeah. and you won't be able to nudge. And I, and I can definitely resonate with you myself. Thank you yeah. very very much. Relentless. Relentless. That is that. That is, I think, the word. Yeah, I'm relentless. That's a good word. <laughs> I think that. I think that's the word. Aviv, right. Thank you very, very much. Best of luck with Extend, and thank you for the time. Bye, 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 everyone. 